Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Ready to jump that rail and start a celebration. Dubon waiting on the 12th pitch. And here it is. Swung on, popped up, shallow center, coming on, Marsh on the run. And the Phillies, for the first time in 11 years, will head back to the postseason. They stream out of the dugout and celebrate at the pitcher's mound as the Phillies have rallied from their slow start and they have taken the final spot in the National League playoffs. All right, thank you, Scott Fransky, for that great call. Not sure what happened to Michael Bourne in the middle of that, but nonetheless, the reason I play that for you, Mike Sealski, unfortunately the name of the pitcher is not in there, but you know who was on the mound when the Phillies clinched the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. It was one Zach Eflin. Correct, and he is now a former Philly, having signed a three-year, $40 million deal with the Tampa Bay Rays, the largest deal in the history of that franchise, which is, um, I mean, I, you know, prices change. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would describe him as, like, exactly average. If you lined up every major league pitcher from the best to the worst, to me, right in the middle would be uh, Zach Eflin. See, here's the thing, Glenn. I have a little bit of a different perspective on Eflin. Uh, I view him as the greatest casualty of the Kapler, Klintak, Chris Young, who was Chris the Young, Phillies man. pitching that coach, was the guy. Yeah. that era. Yeah. Because I really liked Eflin. I liked his stuff. I liked his makeup. And it seemed that he always got set back by something that was out of his control, whether it was injuries, you know, his problems with his knees, or this cockamamie idea that Chris Young had that you take a sinker ball pitcher and you start having him throw letter-high fastballs uh, and build his entire repertoire around that and change what he's doing, and all of a sudden he's not quite as good as he used to be. And, you know, it took a while, I think, for Eflin to come back from that, and I was actually really happy to see him perform as well as he did this season. It was cool to see him on the mound there for that final moment we just played, uh, and I think an organization like Tampa Bay is going to unlo- unlock something in Zach Eflin that would not surprise me if he turns out to be really good for them. If he can stay healthy, as yes. you mentioned. So. It appears that um, the free agent market is about to burst open. And this is one of my favorite times of the year for Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm a hot stove junkie. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Jacob deGrom leaves the Mets for the Tigers. Five-year deal, $185 million. Talk about guys who are always hurt. I, 
I think Texas may regret that ultimately, but you're getting you know a guy who, when he is healthy, is great. The Mets maybe now sign Verlander. We will see. But here you are with the Phillies, um, and I want to get to the shortstop thing in a minute, but the Phillies have now lost Eflin and Gibson. Well, they haven't yet lost Gibson, but Gibson and Syndergaard are both free agents. Mm-hmm. None of them are great, but that's a lot of starts you have to replace. They are going to, as as our friend Linda from Ballas said, they are going to have to go into the market for a starting pitcher. Agreed? Yes, they are. I think the more... It's very qualified. Well, I think the more interesting question is, do they bring up one of their prospects, i.e. Andrew Painter? Yes. Which, which I, is one spot. Yeah, which, you know, we're, we're talking about this in terms of they have to replace guys who just kind of eat innings and aren't great, but, you know, are third, fourth, fifth starter. Well, Andrew Painter isn't 20 years old yet. And Dave Dombrowski does not have much hesitation in certain situations in fast-tracking young players and young pitchers. And man, you look at his numbers, you look at his stuff, you look at the way he's built, it's hard not to get a little excited about the idea that Andrew Painter's in this rotation next season. Hey, I'm I'm great with that. Um, I hope that happens. I tend not to trust 19-year-olds in all walks of life because they're 19. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as somebody who's been the father of 19-year-olds, uh, be careful. Um, but wow, even he, if he throws his kids under the bus during a radio show, <laughs> my, my kids turned out fine. I know they're I know. all great now, but I'm telling you, you're, how old are your kids? 10, Eleven seven? and eight. Eleven and eight. Yeah. yeah, get back to me in five I know, six years. I know. Teenagers are knuckleheads. It's just the way it works. Um, but even if that's the case, right? Because you have mm-hmm. Wheeler and you have Nola and you have Ranger Suarez, and right. then even if you have Painter, you you need six starters. So we'll see. I think they're going to go into that market. I also think starting pitchers, from early indications of these two, are getting monstrous money. Oh yeah. So take your eleven year old and eight year old and put a baseball in their hand and tell them to pitch. <laughs> well, the problem is they're both right handed, as far as I can tell. If they were lefties, I would absolutely oh, do that. There you go. Um, but yeah, so. Your colleague, uh, Scott Lauber, uh, wrote in today's paper um, about the winter meetings start this yes. weekend. And Scott Lauber wrote that that's really a time when things do happen. He wrote three years ago when the baseball world last gathered in person for the winter meetings. Big name free agents Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, and Anthony Rendon signed contracts in successive days for a total of $814 million. So I think we could have that spending spree. So let's bring it to the Phillies. We'll see what happens with pitching, but we all do believe that a huge priority is shortstop, um, that they'll move Stott to second base, and they'll grab one of the uh, big shortstops. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our pal Jason Stark wrote in The Athletic yesterday that the Phillies are going to sit down with all four of the primo shortstops. Two of them are Scott Boris clients, Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts. They're not afraid of Boris. I mean, they've dealt with him before as well as Trey Turner um, and Dansby Swanson, Swanson of the Braves. Do you have an order? Do you have a preference among those? I, I, I put them one, two, three, four in my mind. I do have an order. And look, let me preface this by saying that if the Phillies were to end up with any one of these four, they would be much better for it. All four of them are terrific players. No matter who the Phillies end up with, they're going to be better off for it. Yep. Having said that, in trying to separate players of this caliber, you got to kind of really fine-tune and really get granular on what you're looking for. So I based my rankings kind of on two things. Number one, 
OPS, you know, how productive are they offensively? And then the other thing was, do they strike out a lot? Because this is already a lineup that has a ton of strikeouts in it, and it doesn't need another hitter, no matter how productive he might be, who doesn't put the ball in play you know, frequently enough for what this lineup needs, I think. So my ranking is this. I think fourth best would be Dansby Swanson, Agreed. just based on the numbers. Third best would be Carlos Correa, who strikes out about 142 times over a 162-game season. Terrific player, again, you know, high OPS, but... I put him a little bit lower than I would Xander Bogarts second, even though Bogarts is 30, 880 OPS over the last five years and only 125 strikeouts a year. And then I've got Trey Turner first. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. I love that it's now only 125 strikeouts. I know, strikeouts. I know, but that's the way the, the, the <laughs> sport has changed. I think it's. I think that's going to shift with um, the some of the rule changes, but yes, that is the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you've got Trey Turner, who I, I would bet most people regard as the best of the four anyway but again over the last five years an 843 OPS which is terrific but he only averages 104 strikeouts a season that's really really good in today's day and age of baseball so that's kind of how I got to break him down yeah I'm I'm pretty close I have I have Turner first I think the Phillies have Turner first there's so many reasons that this makes sense for the Phillies Turner and Bryce Harper are great friends Turner played under uh, Kevin Long, the Phillies mm-hmm. hitting coach in Washington, and had some very good years there. Uh, Turner's wife is from New Jersey. Said that he wants to play in the East Coast. Says he wants to do spring training on the in Florida. I mean, none of those things have anything to do with money, which of course is going to be the big issue. But I don't think the Phillies are going to shortchange him. So I have him number one, and I'm great with that. Like you, I'm good with any of the four. I I um, am a little different. I have Correa number two, just because I think his combination of defense. Um, and offense is mm-hmm. great. I think he's he's like a gold glove guy to me, and I would love it. I've had some people give me some pushback on Correa because they're, oh, he's a cheater. He's with the Astros. They cheat. You know what? That'll disappear the moment they sign. Yeah, we're, we're th- that whole label that doesn't seem to be affecting the Astros as a whole very much. Right. That's, <laughs> I don't really worry about that. Uh, I have Bogarts 3, really 2A, because everything you said about Bogarts is true, and offensively he may be the best of the bunch. And Dansby Swanson four, but hey, if they got Danby Swanson and stole him from the Braves, that would not be a horrible thing. Absolutely not, absolutely not. And and you're right, they're you're not going to miss on any of these four. This is all you know the tyranny of small differences here, basically. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good phrase. Well, I, I should get a job as a writer or something. Well, you had a piece earlier this week uh, on a very depressing piece on a doubleheader at the Palestra, and I think Mike from Exton wants to talk about that. Hello, Mike. Uh, Mr. Mack, now, before I start, one of my, because of your benefits, one of my Christmas donations is to Mark Zumoff's Youth Basketball. Oh, nice. It's a great, listen, that's a great organization. We were really proud to be involved with them. That's terrific. Yes, number two. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sealski, this is your number one fan. I think you remember me. I do, Mike. Um, two questions. Dad? Whatever happened to the Dave Zinkoff who introduced Brett Brown's son? Any repercussions? Oh, um, so what Mike's referring to, I did a piece a couple of weeks ago for the Inquirer about Sam Brown, who is a star high school basketball player at Lower Marion. And uh, before his first game at Lower Marion, uh, Sam was introduced, and the public address announcer at the game introduced him as the son of Sixers coach Brett Brown. And it was an indica- I, I mentioned that as kind of an indication of what Sam would have to deal with over his four years 
at Lower Marion, uh, and the story was all about Sam kind of forging his own identity and becoming his own individual while still being the son of Brett Brown. So to answer your question, Mike, I don't know what happened to the PA announcer. Uh, I don't even know who, for certain, who the PA announcer was. Horrible. Anyway, number two, uh, I look... There is no building sports-wise in the city I look forward to going to more than the Palestra. St. Joe's, my alma mater, played there Wednesday night. I walked to the building, missed the first game, but got there around 8 o'clock. I I was wondering if I had the wrong date. And then I got in there, and I've been depressed at games before, but never because of what I experienced. It was just very depressing. I couldn't understand it. Well, I think a couple of things are at play there, Mike, and, and thank you so much for the call. Uh, it's always good to hear from you. Um, I think the Big Five just isn't quite what it used to be for a lot of reasons, and I think that doubleheader on Wednesday night for all the the hope about it is kind of re-inspiring uh, interest in the Big Five showed that. You have a 6 o'clock, the doubleheader starts at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday night. It's raining. Uh, most kids at these universities don't, Uh, A lot of them anymore aren't from the city. You know, they're not growing up with the big five in their blood. They're not growing up uh, taking public transportation to get to the palestra. And, you know, how many Temple kids are driving from North Broad Street to University City for this game? And uh, the programs, you know, the four programs other than Villanova have been in a bit of a decline over the last several years. And just a lot of factors that have contributed to the Big Five not being what it once was. I know when uh, we talked to Ray at noon, it's one of the things he said. He he was at that doubleheader, uh, and he, he said that he read your piece and he wanted to talk about that. It is. It's a shame. I mean, things change. Times changes. Villanova has become an elite program, so they're kind of scuffling along, and traditions are great, but they may not always last forever. Uh, coming up, it's our Scheib Sports Week in Review, and Mike... Let me. How many years? Thirty-two years ago today was one of the greatest plays in Philadelphia Eagles history. We will relive that with you coming up. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Fall is upon us, so it's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors before another cold winter season rolls in. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 